Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Man in the Post Weekend Review Show. I'm your host, Ali, and joining me as always, we have Simon and David. How are we, chaps? Very well, thank you. Aye, very good, thanks, Ali. Well, a great weekend for you both again this weekend. <laughs> very fine. Uh, <laughs> it's catching on, isn't it? the first half of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, well, sa- we'll save the obituaries for later on, shall we? Yeah. Well, Simon, let's start with you. Uh, <coughs> a wonderful win against, um, I mean, team who's, who's beat relegation now. Um, <laughs> Can, can we get too excited here, or is it just a standard win for Villa these days? Um, yeah, I mean, being, being Arsenal, I suppose, nowadays isn't what it was a few years ago. Um, but from a Villa point of view, um, you know, that's the double we've done over them now this season without conceding the goal, so, so I'll take that. Um, and it was important as well, because we, um, midweek against West Ham, we were really poor. It's... Obviously, we've lost a few games this season, but I'd say apart from the Leeds game at home and despite the controversial elements of Man City's first goal, the Man City defeat away, those those two games we deserved to lose out. And West Ham was another one. We were just really poor. So it's important to um, to sort of bounce back this weekend. And I mean, you could clearly see that Smith had maybe had impressed the, upon them to start fast because 75 seconds into the game, we'd take the lead. Um, Cock up from Cedric, I think, yeah, Cedric, uh, poor pass back, Traore, quick onto the ball, Watkins uh, continues his recent purple patch, because he's got a bit of, bit of luck, he took a deflection, um, and then for the rest of the game, kind of, uh, the, the way it have been this season, I think we've t- only once have we taken the lead and not won the game, so when we go ahead, because of how good defensively we've been, I, I kind of never... Felt too uncomfortable. Arsenal had a lot of the ball, but did did nothing with it. Like they, I think they had three shots on target. Two of them were from the, you know, went outside the box. One was the free kick. Good save, but I'd, I'd expect Martinez to be saving that. Um, and we actually looked the more dangerous on the counter attack. Um, but I mean, we did have we did have many saves. Martinez didn't have many saves to make because of how well we defended. Uh, Mings. Has had a bit of, I think, over the top <coughs> criticism from some Villa fans in recent weeks. Um, he was absolutely <coughs> on Saturday. Matty Cash was was unbelievable uh, as he has been all season. Um, Marvellous Nakamba, he, he doesn't start many games. He came in and just broke up the play really well. I mean, he didn't really let Smith Rowe get into the game at all, and he's sort of been one of Arsenal's bright lights in the last few weeks. Um, but I think from an Arsenal point of view, I kind of, and I think I tweeted after seeing Arteta's post-match interview saying it's embarrassing and the man's borderline delusional. I, I just, I don't understand what what games he watches. He, he came and said that Arsenal should have won, that they dominated every aspect of the game. But then in the same sentence said that Villa were better in both boxes. So I, I don't know what you read into that. Um, but no, yes, so from our point of view, it's just uh, another another really good uh, results, good defensive performance. And we've now, after how many games? I think that's our 21st game of the season. And we've now matched our points tally from the whole of last season. Uh, we've won more games than we did in the whole of last season. And I think we're on course now. I think... Uh, the most clean sheets we've kept in the season in the Premier League is 15. That was Brad Friedel back in 2008-2009 season. Martinez is on 11 clean sheets now. So with 17 games to, to play, 
say we're on course to, to break that record as well. So it's just the continuation of a, a very, very positive season. For the progression from last year to this is, is unbelievable and all credit to the coach and staff and the players for it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's remarkable for a team who who barely survived relegation last year um, with a few additions um, and just a, just a complete tweak because the style of play is just a complete contrast to last season. Um, to be sitting... Well, sitting nine four, we've still got a game, two games in hand over most teams. Um, it, obviously, you'd rather have the points in the bag, but yeah, it's bright. I mean, you're not going to fall any lower than I can't see you dropping below probably ninth. Yeah, I, I can't see Leeds overtaking you. Put in that way. At, at the start of the season, obviously, bearing in mind how poor last, how you know how we just survived last year, I think majority of the fans at the start of this year were probably thinking if we could finish. You know, around 13th, 14th, and, and it just be a nice, comfortable season. That's progress. Where we are now, if we if we fell lower than 10th, it would feel a disappointment the way this has started. But, you know, just as, as, as a cliche as it always sounds, it's just one game at a time. I think that's how the players are taking it. But there's an opportunity. We've obviously, with... Um, you know, fifth is Europa League, but depending on who wins the cups, you know, you, you could get Europe, you could sneak into Europe with a seventh spot finish, which isn't an unrealistic target right now. Yeah, so it's definitely a good season. I mean, Dave, what's thoughts on the game and, and just Villa in general this season? Yeah, well, I mean, as I said, the, the, the turnaround since last season's been uh, incredible, really. I mean, I know Watkins has made a big difference and. Uh, Matty Cash at fullback. I mean, you didn't mention Matt Target earlier, but I think um, I think oh, he's, he's been, been unbelievable. Outstanding. Yeah. I think him and uh, James Justin at Leicester, you know, could both easily walk in England's left back slot at the minute. Um, at a time when actually it'd be quite fair. Luke Shaw's come good again, and uh, I guess Ben, ben Chilwell's kind of losing his place at Chelsea. So I think that's we talked last week about the England squad. That the competition for places is actually unreal at the minute across the mm-hmm. across just about every position, but. The only thing I wanted to ask you about was the uh, the potential red on Saka. It was about forty yards from goal, but I mean, probably an argument that he wasn't going to be caught had he gone. I the way I genuinely when when I first saw it, I I I didn't even think it was foul. And having looked back at it, Saka kicks Conza. Uh, so I mean, I, I, I to the I mean, Arsenal fans are always amusing. Arsenal Twitter after a defeat oh, is brilliant. And honestly, set, I spent so long on Saturday evening just just, just chuckling the way to myself on Twitter. You'd swear Conza had taken the baseball back to sack his legs, like the way they were talking. It was, <laughs> and like, you know, the way they were saying like, he's through on goal, he's, he's out on the touchline, he's just past the halfway line, Matty Cash is on the cover. And and it's not a, a you can't say that Konza had made no attempts for the ball. So the argument that they were trying to claim is a red card was ludicrous. Where they may have had a point is the potential penalty that they were talking about. I joined the game. Honestly, I didn't even think anything of it, and I don't think the commentators mentioned anything. And more importantly, joined the game. None of the Arsenal players kicked up any fuss about it. It was only after the game they seemed to say Martinez pulled Lacazette down. He did. I'd argue before it was started off by Lacazette chucking his arm across and leaning into him. It's it's one of those players pull and push each other all the time. You know, you can say we may, maybe it wasn't a free kick to us, but I definitely don't think it was a nailed on penalty for them. But that's where they may have had an argument. But no, I mean, they're, they're clutching at straws, to be honest. I think Arsenal fans should be more concerned that how how poor they look this season. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I actually thought Arsenal turned a corner in some ways um, since you know they've started to give Saka and Smith Rowe more of a central central role in the team and relied less on some of the older heads. But um, fundamentally, they beat like us and probably West Brom was it. And outside of that, yeah. they haven't really done a great deal, have they? And uh, they kind of go about what we were saying a few weeks ago where they are just a mid-table team now. You wouldn't 
you you wouldn't worry about playing Arsenal. No, which you know, even just going back sort of four, three, four years ago, like you, you would still look at Arsenal as that's that's going to be a tough game. They're never going to win anything like major, but they're always you know up in that sort of top four fight, and it's a tough game. Well, that's it. But it's just not now. I know, and we we said again, like even when Wenger was there, kind of his lowest ebb, he was still putting away mid-table teams three 0 at home. Like it was just bread and butter for them. And I'm not yeah. saying you're a mid-table team, but um, they haven't really had yeah. that this season, have they? Like they, they just don't win games anymore of any level. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's not like, not for lack of lack of investment either. Like parties come in, and they probably probably take a little while to get up to speed with the league. But um, I think they need a centre forward desperately. Um, I mean, the the, the, uh, the decline of the Bamiang this season is is phenomenal, isn't it? Well, I mean, we I think we all tipped on the preview show to be top top goal scorer pretty much, and uh, what he got four or five, I think, in open play. Um, it's uh, it's pretty poor, and uh, I don't know what to do with him. Um, he's obviously signed a big contract, so unless he's going to go to China or anywhere like that, I think they're, they're lumbered <laughs> with him for 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 a while. Um, yeah, but it's not like Lacazette's pulling up that many trees either and then Ketia seems to have kind of fallen right down the pecking order again so what do you do? Go and buy a strike yeah. I guess but Who? well it seems to take them forever to do everything didn't it like they um, they've been talking about buying a centre back for years and they've you know Rob Holden's back in the team so yeah. <laughs> says it all well I mean, I mean he's not bad Rob Holden to be honest he's, he's better than I thought he was but He's not, he's not a centre-back you'd want if you're going to be pushing for anywhere near the top edge of the table, are you? Exactly. He's not... You know, he, even in the sort of latter end of uh, Wenger's era where, where they were blessed with great centre-backs, he still isn't even at that standard, is he? To, no. to be getting them up there, so... <laughs> no, definitely not. It's uh, it's going to be... maybe a long road ahead of them, to be honest. I can't say a quick fix where they're going to, you know, buy a player who's going to make them better overnight. That you could argue the need, you know, a striker, probably a, you know a good centre back who's not David Luiz or Rob Holden. Gabriel's got potential, but that's, you know it's it's just potential at the minute because he, you could argue he was at fault for the first goal. I know Cedric seems to be getting the blame, but either way they kind of <laughs> left they kind of left it with each other. Um, you could run through their entire team and say well, this area's need improving. It's. Uh, I'd be very surprised if they get into Europe next season. Yeah, I think the best Arsenal can hope for this season genuinely is top half. Like if they if they can get eighth or ninth, um, I I think that's as high as they can push. I just I don't see them getting a decent run of games. Well, unless they I think like as we'll come on, I don't think many teams are getting a good run of games. Well, unless, um, they, unless they go balls out the bath the Europa League, then I just kind of kind of see what, what's a good season for them now. Um, they're already out of the FA Cup. Obviously, didn't yeah. didn't win the Carabao, whatever it's called. Um, they're not going to finish in the top six or seven. They should just put all their eggs in the Europa League, to be honest. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so basically, massive three points for Villa there. Um, Arsenal kind of starting away as always. Um, We'll move on to the next game, but I'm guessing neither of you's watched it. But get, bearing in mind for you, Dave, what was on at the same time, and Simon, <laughs> just because it's Burnley Brighton. Um, Burnley Brighton won. Um, anyone got much to add on this? Uh, I mean, I, I, I watched the second half of it, to be fair. Um, and I was surprised with Brighton, because obviously Brighton won up at half-time, and by all accounts, it played pretty well in the first half, so I, I kind of, I kind of thought that they would continue with that, but it was actually Burnley um, were the much stronger team in the in the second half and and had had a number of chances, decent chances to uh, to get winning. That so, I so I think it's kind of normally normally you'd say two teams are just above the relegation zone. You'd say oh points doesn't do much for them, but I think there's such a big gap this season that it actually doesn't really make much difference. Really, it's kind of it's a bit of a nothing, nothing game or a nothing result that that doesn't really affect anyone, to be honest. Yeah, no, fair shout, Dave. Did you see any of this at all, or even do you care? No, I, I, I saw I saw it finished one one. I was delighted because I didn't really want either team to win. Um, yeah, but 
I think the only, as I say, says the gap to the bottom three is, um, well, for Burnley and Fulham, it's eight points. I think Fulham have got to play Burnley. Uh, it's one of the games in hand. Um, yes. Their season pretty much rests on that. I think it takes place in a few weeks. If Fulham can win that, then there's, they've got a chance of getting themselves out of it. But I can't see Burnley going down. I know I'd love them to, but they're, they're just too too streetwise to go down, as daft as that sounds. like they, They'll just pick up point and keep that keep keep the scoreboard ticking over won't they? It's uh I can't see them getting eight points clawed back on them. Oh I'm I'm delighted that they're not gonna go down so um <laughs> with that. Uh, right then Dave we'll take on to arguably the well you got the Man United game later I guess so it's a, a a very exciting game for Newcastle anyway. What 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 is going on? What is this new coach doing? Well he's uh He's done what we always wanted him to do, really, which was just he sets the team out to play, and you know if we haven't got the ball, go and fucking get it back. <laughs> like, don't just step off them and let them play football because it just means you get beat basically. Um, and you saw for our third goal, we actually pressed them from, I think it was their corner, into it all yeah. way all the way back at their, their goalkeeper who under a bit of pressure played a bad pass. Almiron nicks it off the defender, and that's that gets you a goal. Now that's you know that's not going to happen every week, but. Playing against a team like Southampton who take a chance at the back because of the way they play, they're obviously short of confidence having shipped nine in the week. Um, it was totally the right way to play against them. Um, we won this game because, uh, well, one, Southampton can't defend, and two, St. Maximin and Almiron were on their game, like 100%, the way they should be playing. Phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, Almiron over the last few weeks um, has been absolutely electric um, and it's the player we signed when he first came in I think people forget when he, when, when he first signed he was he, he transformed us we, we were about 15th or 16th when he signed and we ended up finishing finishing 13th but um, he he gave us that extra element to our attack which we didn't have um, you know blistering pace um, directness all stuff but you know for the likes of Rondon and Perez it was it was a great little trio we had up there for the last five or six seven games whatever it was before he got injured um, so it's great to see him back to where he should be. Um, plays in his proposition now. He hasn't been shoehorned out on the right or as a striker or anything like this. He's just playing basically in midfield as a as an attacking midfielder, really, and just saying go and get the ball. Um, and if we don't have it, you know, he uses his pace to get get back at, at the opposition. Um, and Sam Maximum, well, you know what you're going to get. He's just direct, very direct. And uh, I actually thought the signing of Joe Willock last, whenever it was, whenever deadline day was. Um, makes a lot of sense because it's the one thing our midfield doesn't have which is which is legs and uh, obviously for the first goal if he wasn't playing no one would have been on the end of that it w- he would have you know St Maxim wouldn't have had an option to pull it back to the edge of the box because Shelby would have been blown out of his arse on halfway and Jeff Hendrick is a ghost so he wouldn't have been there either um, <laughs> so that worked out well um, it was probably the most Newcastle thing imaginable to to be 3-1 up and absolutely coasting and, you know, we're talking, oh, you know, we could go and win this, 4-5-6, to get, to give away a free kick, which we obviously concede from, and then get a man sent off within a minute. So, it, it was, you, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't write it, really. But, obviously, we finished with nine, um, shares out for what looks like a couple of months, so that's not great news, but it was nice to see with the stood up, they didn't just wilt, um, even with nine men were defended really really well um, and uh, it was vital we held on because I think if we hadn't held on you'd start thinking Christ you know that's when are we ever going to win a game again um, Yeah. and uh, getting those points on the board as I say every win for now we'll oh, be on 25 points we need probably probably three or four more wins to be to be certain we're, we're capable of doing that if we play like this it's uh, it's 100% better than it was but unfortunately, yeah, we've just, got Chelsea Man U next. So, <laughs> yeah, any points in those two really is a becomes a bonus. But um, you just have to hope that the team sit at the bottom just either draws or keep dropping points, and just so you can maintain that gap. Um, yeah, I just I can only imagine your your heart rate when um, Ward Prowse <laughs> smashes a free kick top corner and then. Jeff Hendrick gets sent off literally within 60 seconds. I mean, uh, it's such an irresponsible red card as well because, one, there was absolutely no need to do it. We had so much cover. It was it was on halfway, basically, with an entire defence yeah. ready to, ready to well, defend. And uh, he just, he, on a yellow card, it's just such a stupid thing to do with my supposed experienced pro. Like, he 
will lose his place in the team now because Willock will play instead of him, I imagine. Um, yeah. And he'll probably struggle to get back in because he does absolutely nothing. He's he's an absolute waste of a shirt. Darren, you would say Southampton were really poor after the sending off as well. Didn't really make Newcastle work too hard either. Yeah, I mean, for Newcastle, obviously it's a huge... This, uh, with, combined with the Everton win the other week, uh, just two massive wins because I think it just takes them just far enough away from, from that bottom three to now be in a position where, as Dave says, they probably only need you know, two or three more wins, really, to, to guarantee it. it was like, had they not picked up these two wins, and they'd be right down in, in trouble. Southampton, yeah, I mean, having... You know, they, in midweek, they experienced what it's like to to be down to 10 and then 9 men. And they didn't handle it particularly well. So, so uh, it's, it's quite poor of them, you know, considering how ripe Newcastle have been of late. So once they go down to 10 and then to 9 men, not to make it count. So they, they're just they're in a real sticky patch, aren't they? I mean, I, I think they've got a, a number of injuries. Um, and I think that their squad's just... Just been spread far too thin at the moment. I, and the biggest takeaway I got from this game was um, whoever's in charge at the dubious goals panel just obviously clearly felt really <laughs> sorry for Ben Narek and thought he's he's had a horrendous week. We we can't give the poor lad another own goal, so, <laughs> so, so we'll give that back to Almiron. I, I think as well he was actually looking to stay on the field. I don't know if you saw this, but in our one break into the half in the second half, which actually ended up with the injury. Um, Benrek took down Almiron who skipped past him and for me it's it's a red because uh, he doesn't make any attempt for the ball it's just a blatant block and if it's, if it's a foul I think you've got to give a red card but he gave him a yellow um, but I think he was lucky to stay on which would have really capped a good week from wouldn't it yeah <laughs> see if that one gets rescinded <laughs> um, well vital three points Dave um, Southampton's wars continue Um where are you in the league now? Are you still... We're 16th. Um, 16th. Level with Brighton, who are 15th, and two above Burnley, who are 17th with a game in hand. Um, okay. I mean, One went to 14th as well. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I, say, I think it's kind of like... If we're 17th, it looks bad, but if it's 17th with a 10-point gap, I don't really care. Like, at this stage, like just yeah, absolutely. Just keep us up and then worry about the rest later. Yeah, no, I think yeah. I, I mean, I think we'll establish. I think I, I honestly don't see the bottom three changing um, from where they are. I think Fulham have the squad to get out of it, but I I, I know you were contra like you you were like the opposite of me. Like, I I think we're a better manager. Um, I think Fulham get out of the relegation zone. Um, but the longer they leave it, I I genuinely thought they might have tried and got somebody like Rafa and. Um, when when he became available, um, the owners are quite ambitious. Um, the Can family, so I, I I wouldn't have been too surprised. But obviously, sticking with the loyalty of Parker there, um, and we'll we'll come on to Fulham West Ham. Um, I know nothing about this game, bar the ridiculous um, sending off, um, which has been rescinded. Um, first thing. Monday morning, which was a no shock to anybody. Um, I mean, Dave, did you watch this? I mean, uh, I watched the last twenty minutes. Um, but as you say, I think the, the real talking point was the red card. But I mean, first and foremost, I mean, let's just be right. Like, people shouldn't be sending um, death threats to Mike Dean for sending the guy off. Um, that's just insane. But also, like, it's obviously not the right decision. But it happened in the ninety-first minute, so I'm not sure why. Why people are that upset about it? It's um, yeah, <laughs> like it wasn't going to change the game. <laughs> it's a very, very odd way of going on. But I think we all. I mean, I said I, said, I tweeted this at the time that the only people who thought it was a red card was the people in Stockley Park. No one else has ever said. No one even made an argument that it should be a red card. I, I just don't understand yep. how they come to this conclusion. Um, I think Mike Dean's made the right decision in stepping down from next weekend's games because. It, it's, it is a horrifically bad decision and he had, he's had multiple looks at it and still decided it's a red card and Lee Mason should do the same who uh, was on the was on the VAR um, 
again, the refs, they're doing the best they can, but I'd, I just don't understand how you can look at that so many times and still decide it's a red card. I mean, decisions like that are the ones who are giving this bar a bad name. That's nothing to do with VAR, that's just complete incompetence. Um, I, I, I'm like, like Mike Dean's made two really bad ones in a week, which obviously is highlighted, and and, I, and I'm not convinced he's he's the highest standard of referees that the Premier League has. But Lee Mason, for me, is it more at fault here than than Mike Dean? Yeah, like, why 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 are we highlighting that? And this whole Mitrovic getting a pass here that as well because he said after it, it's, why is he going down holding his face? Well, I'm fine with him going down, it's just a reaction, because he's maybe seen the elbow and reacted, went down. But why is he holding his face? <laughs> he quite clearly sees <coughs> nothing's happened. Um, don't then come out after it and say, oh yeah, he's not touched me, it's a very harsh sending off. Just, you know, live by the line. Just just live by it. Uh, it's Mitrovic all over though, unfortunately. Like for Every time it looks like he's turned a corner, like he's, he's still got that, that devil in him that does this sort of thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> It, it's, it's unfortunately plagued this time when he was a pair and I thought he'd actually got past that now but clearly yeah, not clearly Simon for yourself much to add on this one <laughs> no I think you guys pretty much said it it's really the only talking point was, was the red cars and yeah I mean we, we all agree it was ridiculous um, and yeah but it's sort of his classic Mike Dean isn't it I think nothing happened in the game and he thought well, there's, there's going to be no talking points here. So let's, uh, let's have another instalment of the Mike Dean show and do something stupid, and, and that's what happens. Normally I would agree with that, but he's not the one who's highlighted the decision. He's played on. Yeah, but once he's been told, he's he's still the ref, he's still the one who has the final decision. He's looked at it for three minutes and, and decided, yeah, that that's a red card. Like if, any, if you've got any competence, you look at that, and after one clip and you go that's nothing move on why Why have you brought me over to this that's the thing though they're put in a tough position because if, if your colleague who's a ref yes. I, think yeah. this, I think this is a red card go and have a look at it if you then go at the screen and go nah it's not a red card then you're basically saying your colleague's wrong yeah, and I think I don't. Mike Dean doesn't strike me as the type of person that saying that would bother him. Though, that, he, it's just that it's just that overall pressure, isn't it? It's not. It's not that it would bother Mike Dean, but it's just that, then it goes on to the well. Wait a minute, he's got it wrong. The fact that we should know, like I, I, I'm, I firmly believe that it shouldn't be referees who, well, not Premier League referees who are in charge of VAR. Like these should be. <laughs> Separate, and in, in, anybody else, literally. Anybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically, just, just put our WhatsApp group in charge. <laughs> and, uh, that's, um, that's what you want to say, isn't it? <laughs> it, can, it can't get much worse, let's be honest. Mm. Um, we'll move on to the last game of the evening, um, and it was possibly a battle of who was the worst keeper on the night. Um, <laughs> yes. Man United 3, Everton 3. Um, Everton have found a worse goalkeeper than Jordan Pickford. Elaborate someone. How, how is this possible? <laughs> you can see why he Pickford's picked every week now. Well, I mean, they've basically found a robot to play in goal who just... It's just bizarre, <laughs> wasn't it? It's like, they're going, oh, he's, oh, he's slipped. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot when you slipped, you can't move your arms. Like, it's just the, the oddest bit of goalkeeping I've ever seen. I mean, obviously De Gea hasn't covered himself in glory yet again on yeah. one, arguably two of the goals. Um... But also on another level, I don't know what, what that was. But bizarre, very bizarre. Uh, I did love Gary Neville's comments on this game that Man United controlled the second half very well when they were three-one on the head at halftime. Uh, but yep, Man United controlled the second half. So explain that one, anyone? I thought that I thought they played quite well, to be honest. Better than they often do. I've seen them play worse and win. Um, but they're just so bad at the back. Like Maguire and Lindelof are so one pace between them. When I didn't know how to goalkeeper making mistakes, it's uh, it's it's a recipe for disaster. And I think what happened was it got to half time. Ancelotti said, "Look, those two knackers can't run. Let's just play it down the channels." And sure enough, <laughs> they did and got two quick fire goals. And Man United still should have won. I mean, Rashford missed a decent chance, and they generally had had a lot of territory, but. Um, as we've seen hundreds of times over the years, if you only have one goal, all it takes is fall to fall the right person in the box. 
and that's all it was. Um, I thought De Gea probably should have done better on, the, on that goal as well, to be quite honest with you. I mean, obviously, Harry Maguire shouldn't have been four, four yards deep than everybody else, but that's... <laughs> that's, that's I didn't appreciate the point. for offside, though, as well. Well, well, <laughs> well, you never know these days, do you? <laughs> yeah, he obviously knows who's in charge of our... <laughs> Um, I mean, Simon, I mean, thoughts on this? Or was it just one of those, um, one of those games? It, it was a very entertaining game, I thought. Um, and I agree with Dave. I, I thought Man U actually played pretty well. Like, when you say they've played worse than one, 100%. Like, they'll, they should be coming away from this game thinking, how on earth have we not, have we not got all three points here? I mean, tune up at half-time in cruise control. Bruno Fernandes' goal was absolutely... I mean, I know the Everton keeper was shit, but I don't. I think even the good people just struggled to save that. It, that was such a lovely little uh, little chip. Um, then yeah, having you know got themselves pegged back to get to get three two up, and then to throw it away like that. But I mean, as you say, the the two centre backs. I think if if you get, if you had one of them with a defender with pace, it would be okay. Like for the majority of games, you 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 get away with it, but you can't have two centre backs who, who just can't run and and expects <laughs> and expects you to go and win. You know the the, the big tournaments is just it's just not going to happen. You you need to have someone who can run at the back and yeah, so they'll be they'll be furious at themselves for for throwing this away. I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously we'll come on to Sunday's game, but I think this, coupled with the result on Sunday, kind of seals where the title's going for me. I know there's still quite a long way to go, but this this this, this type of result will happen again and again and again until the, until they sort those problems out and you know, Man City give away basically nothing. So yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, hundred percent. The league's over. <laughs> I think we can we can fairly confidently say that. Um, let's move on to Sunday's games then. Um, and uh, Harry Kane back in the starting lineup for Spurs um, with a 2 0 win. The only thing I tweeted out about this game, again, having not actually watched football, is Harry Kane seems to be getting rushed back again, you know, from the usual ankle injuries in the, the January, February, March time. Um, is this going to be another season repeating itself where, you know, he's going to find himself injured in another month or so and then races back for the, for the Euros in the summer? Uh, Simon, I'll come to you first on this. Um, possibly. I, I was yeah really surprised to see him playing. So I'll be sure that we've been told it was a few weeks that he was going to be out for. Um, and I suspect that had Tottenham not been going into this, having lost three games in a row, he probably wouldn't have been brought back into it. But I think, uh, you know, losing to, to Liverpool and, and Chelsea... You can understand Tottenham doing that. I've been losing to Brighton, sort of put them in a position where they 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 couldn't go, they couldn't come away from a home game to West Brom not winning. Like that, that would have been an absolute disaster. So he was brought back in. I mean, he, he looked from what I've seen, he, he didn't look like there were too many long-lasting effects. But you just you. You just always have that worry with Harry Kane with, with those injuries. You no, know, is is he going to come back and and rear itself again later on in the season? Obviously, from an England fan point of view, <laughs> obviously I hope he doesn't because like, he's going to be crucial if England going to have any success in the summer. And uh, from Tottenham's point of view, if you know if, if they don't have him, they, they just look completely devoid of ideas going forward. So. It's a it's a tricky one. Like it, it's one of those that if if he's sixty percent fit, Tottenham are going to have to play him, and that would be a concern because, as you say, he just has this. You know, every year he seems to get an injury like this. So yeah, they have to um, have to be very careful with that. I think. Yeah, back with a goal and proved how how critical he is, as you say, Simon. I mean, I mean, what is the conundrum we Hurricane for you, Dave? I mean. It's kind of it's kind of no win situation for them. Like rest them, get them fit, well, lose games or play them, win games, but then lose them for another month. Well, I can't believe they've rushed them back for this. Like 
they could have played Mayo up front against West Brom and won. Like, <laughs> it's such a, such an odd decision. Like they've got the FA Cup. I get are they still in the FA Cup? They must be. Yeah, they've got Everton this week. Oh, yeah. So, surely you look at it and say, well, if he's fit, let's put him on the bench and we'll bring him on for 20 minutes and then maybe do the same in the FA Cup and then he'll be ready to go. I think they've got City next weekend. Um, surely that's the way to look at it. But if they play him... He, he got, and the thing is, when he plays as well, he plays 90 minutes. <laughs> this, yeah. game was won, well, uh, this game was won after, after an hour. Give him a rest. <laughs> why, why risk it? Like West Brom have got 11 oofs on the pitch. It, and, <laughs> Any any one of them could have landed on him, and that would have been it for several weeks, months, whatever. And as you've seen the last month or so with Spurs, when they don't have him, they're terrible. Like yeah, he, he knits them all together. Like we said before, we laughed about Tottenham have got five forwards. One of them's Harry Kane who plays up front, and they've got four other players who play up front somewhere. It's no no a lot of positions. They're just up there knocking around, and without him to kind of link it all together, that, that's all they are. They're just forward players in positions, and some would call it fluid, but it's just a mess. And I think Lucas Moura looked ten times better with with Kane to play off. Um, Lamella looked like you know a different player. I know it's West Brom, but it's just they look better players when they've got a focal point. And it's the same with England. It will be the same with England if he if he isn't there. All of a sudden, there's no one who can hold the ball up to give the ball to Grealish, to Foden, to Rashford, to Sterling, to anyone else. Like there's no one like him who can take his place. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a massive conundrum. Um, but as you say, the, the strangest thing about Harry Kane is they're, they're not resting. But this is the same Harry Kane that Spurs played in a like League Cup first round 7-0 win away to like Rotherham or whoever it was. Remember? Yes, I remember. Last year or the year before? It was Tranmere, wasn't it? They bought him on. It's it, yeah. 7-0 or something. Because Pochettino <laughs> said the, the, fan, the people of Tranmere deserve to see the World Cup Golden Boot winner or something like that. It's just... <laughs> This is this is the type of thing we've got to deal with, and really all it is is Harry Kane wants to score all the goals he can. <laughs> and I mean, you know, it's commendable in a way, but it's also yeah. it's going to be his downfall. Like the um, yeah. it's great to have you know that drive to go and break all these records and things, but when you've got ankles made of glass, like surely you <laughs> you must realise if you're going to miss three months of a season, you're going to score less goals. Yeah, you'd think so, but I'm I'm not sure Harry Kane will go down as the as the smartest footballer um, <laughs> ever won. But um, it's a massive three points for them. I mean, I, I know it was only West Brom, um, but just the run they'd been on. Um, now sitting eighth with a game in hand again on the on the top six um, can take them level on points with West Ham. So. Still a bit to go for that fight for top four. Um, do you think they can make top four this season? I think anybody can, to be quite honest with you. I mean, it's it's been one of those seasons, isn't it, where it's kind of ebbed and flowed and teams have done well for a bit. Like Southampton were third a few weeks ago and now they're 12th. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's, it, I, I wouldn't like to say it, but again, Tottenham have got the Europa League get out. Um, they're gonna, they've got the Carabao Cup final, which again they'll see as a success, but I think they could quite easily could get to April and be in the Europa League latter stages and be in the in a show for the top four. Um, whether they get it or not, or get either. <sighs> Bit of a toss of a coin, but they've got options anyway. I I don't I don't see them finishing top four. I I I think Mourinho will will prioritise trying to win the Europa League. Cause it, it, am I right? If you win the Europa League, that gets you into next season's Champions League, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. I I suspect that Mourinho will, will put more of the eggs into that basket because I, I just don't think that that they'll have enough about them to, to finish in the top four in, uh, in the league. Well, they're waiting. Yeah. I mean, they're probably waiting to see if Leicester's legs fall off again like they did last year. Yeah. Um, another team who's got Europa League, funnily enough, but what Leicester on 43 and Tottenham on 36 with a game in hand, so... But I, 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 think, I think Chelsea, I think now... Had they've got a better manager, I, I think they're they're more likely for me than Spurs to finish in the top four. Yes, oh, yeah, hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, that's fair. Well, we'll we'll use Dave's great segue and come on to Leicester City's game. Um, uh, an exciting no no, <laughs> uh, Wolves in Leicester. Um, I mean, Leicester without Vardy obviously aren't the same, but Wolves again lack of goals. Um, the only difference is they kept a clean sheet here. <laughs> 
it wasn't great, was it? I mean, I never really fancied Wolves to score. Like, basically, the pattern was Neto and Traore got down the flat, got down the, the byline, lashed it across the box, and no one got a touch over and over again. Um, and Leicester kind of huffed and puffed and tried to play the little passes in behind, but never really got that clear chance they, what they were looking for. I don't, think I, think, you, I don't think either team could really argue with 0-0. Yeah, the biggest positive for Leicester is Wadig coming back up, you know, off the bench, getting getting 30 minutes under his belt. Um, yeah, it's crucial. And we, I mean, we've mentioned it many times in the pod how he, he is basically Leicester's Harry Kane. Um, <laughs> the, only, the only good thing with Vardy is he, he manages himself quite well in games. Um, you know, where he doesn't kind of burn himself out anymore the way he did before. Uh, I mean, Simon, much to add on, on this game? Uh, nah, I mean, I, I kind of, I only saw the uh, highlights in, in inverted commas on, on Match of the Day 2. Uh, <laughs> the only only big things that you can say is towards the end of the game, both teams missed pretty decent chances. Silver really should have scored. I mean, it's a good save from Casper Schmeichel, but he should have scored. And then... I think right towards the end, Vardy had a good-headed chance. Um, I mean, the only thing I'd say with that is that that's probably the the one area of Vardy's game as a striker which isn't not his strong point, is his heading. So for, you know, someone like Harry Kane, that chance you'd say, oh, that's a great chance for Vardy. It's not really seeing. He did well to get in front of the defender and having done that, maybe should have done better, but... He's only just coming back, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. I was going to say, his movement to get across the pretty, pretty much two defenders to get to the ball was uh, was different class, but probably probably should have done better. Haven't got there, ironically enough. Yeah. But. The the silver chance was was the better chance of the game. Like if that falls to Vardy, that's the yeah. that. <laughs> I did I did laugh at Dud Goodman though, who as soon as he missed it was like, oh well, I think a dink was in order there. It's like. Canal done, like, to have the composure to chip over Kasper Schmeichel with, like, with a second's notice. <laughs> I mean, yes, he should have scored, but to, to dink him from there, I mean, Christ. Messi would have been proud of that. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think Don Goodman would have dinked it there. Uh, Don Goodman wouldn't have been there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, poor poor result for, for Leicester on the, on the schema thing. Um... I don't know what uh, what more we can add about those now. I'm so perplexed um, where they've gone. Um, so next game up was um, reigning champions taking on the champions elect, um, and Man City was a very comfortable four-one win, um, very deserving winners. Full Foden just basically looks world class. Um, I mean, Simon, I mean, thoughts on this? Um, the sort of first half hour of the game, you kind of worried that it was going to be another one of those fixtures that we've had this season between the teams of the top six. Well, neither team was really, really sort of going at it. They are sort of feeling each other out. But then the second half, City obviously changed uh, to 4-4-2. And they, they just looked... They're really, really good. So, I mean, obviously, Man City, they missed the penalty in the first half. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, I mean, I he, for me, it's ever since the, uh, I hate to, well, I don't hate to bring it up, I always love to bring it up, but ever since the 7-2 at Villa Park, he has not recovered from that game. Uh, he just looks atrocious at, at right back. The way, I mean, Sterling didn't have to do anything to get past him to, uh, to then get the, uh, penalty and then the first goal again Sterling he, he, there's no great trickery or drop of the shoulder he literally just sort of runs in a straight line and Trent just let him go past him um, Foden good save from Alisson uh, you know I kind of don't really blame him for that first one Gundogan was just following it well um, for Liverpool I didn't see when they went 1-0 down I didn't see Liverpool getting their way back into it they got it with the uh, Salah, I don't know if you guys saw the sniper in the car who took <laughs> took, took Salah out. Clearly, I mean that that was a specialist dive. To be, to be fair, but they got themselves back into the game, and then Allison had his, uh, as Martin Tyler put it, I think his his cold feet maybe just uh, just just 
just didn't work for him and gives gives two goals away. And then Foden, a beautiful goal uh, to round it off. I thought Foden was outstanding. Um, Liverpool just... I, I don't know what's happened to them in, in these last couple of months. They just look absolutely shagged, don't they? I mean, I, there's, I think there's a, a bit of work going to needed to be done this summer. Not, not necessarily to freshen up the squad, freshen up the first team. Um, because they've been together what, three or four years now, the, pretty much the majority of that team, and it, that's a lot to ask them to keep going at that level without bringing new blood into it. Uh, so I think there's there's work to be done in the summer there, but Man City, once they, they went one nil up, they they just looked on on a completely different level, and I can't, I think, I just see them win the league, I think they're going to absolutely walk away with it this season. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, Dave? Yeah, well, for me, I mean, I've just, just done a piece of This Is Anfield about what's gone wrong for Liverpool. And it's easy to say, you know, Van Dijk, Gomez are out, and that's obviously going to hurt any team. But I, I think the point really is that you've got away with playing midfielders at the back, but you haven't got away with the midfielders who've come in for them in midfield. I mean, Fabinho in particular, we've talked about before, He's equipped himself extremely well as centre back, but no one's really done his job in midfield for me. And uh, not just you know being a defensive mid, but also leading the press to win the ball back when he do get turned over. Um, I think you've, they've missed that as well. Henderson covering Trent's another thing. I know you're not a big a big Henderson fan, but I think it's been obvious when he hasn't been there to cover Trent. As as Sai says, Trent hasn't looked anywhere near the player he was. Um, they obviously had a little a good little triangle down that side with Salah and, and them too. So all these little bits of the team are kind of, are kind of missing. And um, when you throw in, obviously, the lack of centre-halves, the lack of fans, the the, the fact the front three are out of form completely. Um, I'm surprised it's taken this long for, for a blip to happen. Um, and if you think back to when we came back after the first pause, obviously you didn't have to do a great deal to win the league, but I think the signs were actually there then, you, you know, you didn't, you didn't have to do an awful lot to get yourselves over the line to win the title, but there were some average results in there. And pretty much, except apart from City over the last couple of weeks, or a couple of months rather, um, there's been a lot of erratic results. You know, we talked about Leicester losing to Fulham, we talked about Spurs were top for a bit, and now they're, now they're nowhere near. Southampton win the top three, and now they're nowhere near. Um, and that's just, it's happened to everybody, and it's just your turn, I think, at the minute. Um, and I, I the overlying issue, as Sai says, is that You've had this squad together for two or three years now. And, uh, you know, they're all still very capable for the most part. There's obviously a little bit of dead wood in there, which you need to move on. But I think you've had all the highs you've had. You've had the Champions League win. You've had the league win. Um, there was always going to be a drop-off. And normally, when that happens, you'd have a full Anfield to get you, you know, over the line against Burnley or Brighton or whoever else. And there just isn't that 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 twelfth man to pick anybody up at the minute, and therefore you know it's just your turn to to suffer a little bit, and you'll come back. I still think they're finishing the top four. I think uh, it hasn't been the greatest run of games, um, but you can't say that it's going to become a bad set of players overnight. And now you've got some new centre backs who can bed in over the next few weeks. I think it'd be alright. Yeah, these are both more positive than than me. Um, I personally, it's not even that I don't care. I just, I just, just know my thoughts on, on football just now in general. Um, and that's just, I, I think I, me and Simon spoke briefly just before you popped on, Dave. Um, Carragher, I don't like agreeing with him too often, but as you both alluded to about the, the length of time the squad's been together, since the Champions League final, the start at 11, 10 of those 11 have played minimum 81% of league games since then. Um, with Robertson playing 94% of league games um, it's, it's just not sustainable um, over the course of time with the, with the standard of teams not standard of teams obviously but like every game there's no like like walking the park really in the Premier League you do have to work every game um, even the even the you know the Mickey Mouse teams is like the low, like even like the Fulham and it was who We've dropped points against this year, but even that, I'm trying to think who even got relegated last year. But you know the teams down the bottom, you still have to work for portions of that game 
Um, I mean, we, we've never really been a city. I think when it was myself, you and Chris, uh, Dave, last season, we spoke about how Liverpool weren't really, you know, like firing all cylinders. They were just always winning games. Yeah, um, yeah well. And they just, yeah, just burnt out. And the, the lack of investment, it sounds stupid to say, because obviously the money's been spent, but Liverpool spending money by selling players. Um, there's been no like proper investment in the squad and it's just whether it's Klopp or the owners trying to live off minimum squads as you say trying to play midfielders um, at the back takes its toll not on the defensive side mainly on what we missed with Fabinho in the middle of the park um, I would like to see the centre I, I get it was Man City but <coughs> would would playing like either Nat Phillips or one of the new guys in the game with, with either Henderson or Fabinho, like the other one playing his natural position, would it really have made things much worse? Um, Klopp's decision to keep playing Origi, um, as I as again mentioned to Simon before, um, and Minamino going out on loan because he's not played a minute since the Crystal Palace game where he was phenomenal. Um, just... Many, many things. Very perplexing. Um, I'd, I'd say where I would have some some sympathy with um, them is the, the injury to Jota because, I, you know, we kind of said about the uh, some of the signings that they, they've bought over the last couple of years. Most of them, they tended to be more signings to fill out the squad rather than to, to properly challenge for first-team place. But Jota was that signing to challenge those front three and he was and, and he had started very well. I, so I, I think, disagree on that. I, I don't think that's what he was signed for. I no, think it, maybe he was but but he had yeah, he was showing that what he, happened, did. he made that impact. And um, I think him getting injured has meant that because now you've lo- literally only got that front three and the fact that all three of them are out of form which, which just hasn't happened before. You may have had one maybe even two, but you'd have had the Sano in form or Mane in form. The fact that all three are just bang out of it and there's no one of that quality to come in to replace them, that is where I think they have, they have under been unlucky with that, definitely. My, my biggest concern is the the injuries this season has been ridiculous, but obviously, but we also, we one of our main physios or head of injuries, whatever, I don't know the the title role. He left to go and take a job at FIFA or UEFA. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the Arsenal physio we brought in. And Arsenal haven't exactly been well-renowned for managing <laughs> oh, great. You know, for the oh, last... God. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, like, Jota was meant to be out for two weeks. Bloody hell. <laughs> when was the last time we seen him? It's before it Christmas, was, was it? Yeah. It, it's just very perplexing. Um, as I say, I... I, I'm not getting into mad run. I'm not um, letting it upset me anymore. Um, I think we, we all, all three of us agree man, it's Man City's league to lose now. What are they? Seven points clear with a game in hand or six points clear with a game in hand? Uh, they are five points five, clear with yeah. a game in hand. Yeah. Five, game in hand, yeah. So, I mean, I just, I, I don't think Man, I think Man United, as you mentioned, they were played, haven't played great in a lot of games this season. But managed to get the results. Um, I I just can't see them maintaining a challenge on on City. Um, so it should be quite a stroll. We will move on to the last game on Sunday. Um, Sheffield United one, Chelsea two. Uh, Dave, I'll come to you for this one. Um, well, same over Sheffield United really. They huffed, huffed and puffed a lot, but lost by a goal because they shot themselves in the foot yet again. Um, I don't even know what else to say. To be honest, I mean Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea played quite well um, to get ahead, worked the goal well, and then gave away a ridiculous goal because <laughs> Rudiger has gone from. Well, I, I used to think he was quite good, but he's he's been insane for the last eighteen months. Um, just decided to toe poke the ball past his own goalkeeper for no real reason, just fancied it. Uh, <laughs> and then a couple of minutes later, obviously. Ramsdale somehow stays on the pitch for committing probably the most blatant red card offence of the weekend. 
<laughs> and the ref didn't even initially give that as a penalty. They had to be told, didn't they? To, uh... That's worries, isn't it? Like... <laughs> That's, that is unbelievable. I mean, I don't know what it, what else he could think happened. If he doesn't go over and book the striker for diving, then what do you think? I mean, what, 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 what do you think knocked him over? Like, it's just bizarre. But yeah, uh, and I thought Timo Werner looked better than he has done, albeit, you know, didn't necessarily look like scoring, but he. And gets both assists, so some some green shoots for him at last. Yeah, yeah massive three points for Chelsea. Um, despite being Sheffield United, I mean Simon. I mean, <laughs> any any more to add on, on that apart from around the referee and then um, uh, yeah, not really. I mean, it's just two hilarious goals in the game. Um, the obviously really wearing gold and some and Ramsdale's impression of. Uh, auditioning for the Six Nations, I think, with that challenge. Um, I mean, Chelsea, new manager, 10 points from a possible 12. It's a good start, but, I mean, they haven't they haven't had the most testing of fixtures. So, I think there's a, the test is, is, is the real test is probably to come as the season goes on. But um, at least they seem to have some sort of structure to their play now, which I don't think... You could ever uh, say that Lam- under Lampard, they looked like they had an idea of how they were meant to be playing or any sort of structure. So, these are, nice. It's been, it was a nice opening for fixtures for him to sort of get his feet under the table and get an idea of of, of what players he's, he's got available to him. And I think they just, I think they're just desperate now for Timo Werner to, 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 to just get a goal and and hopefully that that might spark a bit of a run for him. Yeah, he definitely, he definitely needs something. Um, as Dave says, the, if the performances are starting to come, um, it just now needs the, the goals, even when he doesn't want to become that player. Well, that's it. There's still plenty of time for him. I know he's not had the greatest start, but he could have a good I mean, season quite happily and uh, I'd, be all forgotten about, wouldn't it? I, I suppose the, the one thing they'd say, and, you know, is is what they always say about strikers who, who aren't scoring. It's at least he's getting chances. I mean that's that's a positive you can look on. I mean, if he was completely anonymous in games, that would be more of a worry. The fact he is getting into these positions and getting chances, you you'd think hope you know, sooner or later one of them will go in and and hopefully from their point of view and his point of view that that can just get things going again. Yep, yeah, uh finger well Kind of fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll briefly talk about tonight's game for what you guys have seen. Uh, it finished 2 0 Leeds, um, so I, I take it you'd have seen both goals. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, I, I seen you mention in the chat about Bamford taking his goal well, Dave, um, but Mister Sit in the first half was that right? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's kind Jesus. of, kind of it's kind of like him in a nutshell, and that like he, he worked so hard that. It was basically Palace played a straight pass and he not only intercepted it but with the same touch like knocked it round Gary Cahill on the halfway line more or less. So he had a clean run on goal. He opened his body up to it as if he was gonna like slide it past the keeper and just like punted over the bar. Like it was like you couldn't have finished it that badly if you tried. It was uh such a such a strange finish. But um saying that he had another one just before half time where it must have been Rafinha, I think, played a lovely ball over the top from and he just missed his he, touch completely. Such a bad yeah. finish. It it sum it sums up like the mystery of Patrick Bamford, isn't it? Like you look at that first half, those those couple of chances, and you think you look and think, how has he scored like eleven goals now, twelve goals in the Premier League this season? Because um, yeah, like like you said, Dave, in, in the chat. He, I mean, it was a it was a simple enough finish, the one that he did score, but he took it like so so calmly, so calmly <laughs> as if as if like, oh, I, I I could do this with my eyes closed. <laughs> like, you look at that first half miss, and you think, what's, what's going on? I know it, it it's it's a mystery. Like as I said earlier in the season, he's done really well considering what people expect of him, but uh, you can't help but feel if they had someone better, they'd be even further up the table. Um, I just think, yeah. So, but then again, as we said the other week about replacing Vardy, who do you find with his work rate? Because I think that's a, obviously a big factor for Leeds, it, yeah. um, having that work rate up top. 
who do you get who's got that work rate, but also you know better abilities at finishing, and it's it's probably quite a slim field. I I think he's he's almost like leads it leads the perfect sort of team for him in terms of the amount of goals that he's got this season. I think if he was at uh, another team around the mid-table, like, say if he was at Crystal Palace this season, I don't think there's any way he'd be sitting on 12 goals. I think the nature of how Leeds play and attack, they're so gung-ho, and they, they put so many men forward, so they naturally create more chances per game, which fall to him. So if you're having, you know, nine, ten chances created for you in the game, law of averages suggests if you're a half-decent strike, which, you know, I, I I like to point fun at him, we all do, but he's, he's clearly got ability. So if you've got ability and you're getting that many chances, law of averages suggests you're going to, to get a few goals. Um, but as I say, I think if he was at any other club around that sort of mid, mid-table area, I don't see him get them. And that that's where I would say, because there's been talk the last few weeks of, or should he be getting an England call-up? Not in a million years, because he's he's not at that level. He's just nowhere near that level of international well, football that you're not going to get that many chances uh, uh, per game. I mean, what, what scenario do you need him for? Like, if you're chasing, yeah. if you're chasing a game, you, you wouldn't rely on him to score. Um, I just can't, I can't think of a scenario where you'd want to bring him on specifically ahead of, you know, let's say Kane's out. Presumably Calvert-Lewin, yeah. Calvert Ings... Um, even Rashford as a striker or presumably better options than, than him, I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, as you say, his work rate, you, you can't you can't question that. And, you know, he his link-up play in that Leeds team is very, very good. Like, to be fair, you know, he, as I say, he's clearly got ability and he's got good qualities. But, yeah, if, when you're talking at that top, top international level, you're only going to get maybe one or two chances, three if you're lucky, in, against like, the better teams. He's out of the England strikers who have been sort of touted as potential call-ups. He'd be bottom of that list for me. That that you'd want a chance to fall to. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, I think we could probably we could probably list ten strikers who I'd rather have in the England squad than him. Um, I mean, well, let, let's not do that. But we we we, yeah. we, we, <laughs> we, we probably could. And I'm you know I guess me and you will say Wilson and Watkins as a starting point. Um, yeah. <laughs> before you even get into the you know the the ones who will actually be in the squad, so <laughs> yeah, I I I completely agree. I think we've mentioned that a lot, Dave. As you say, I think as well as he's done, um, if they had a a better number nine, a better finisher um, in there, I think Leeds have got you know considerably more points on the board, um, and are and they're probably they're, with the chances they create, they'd probably be closer to twenty goals. Um, and whatever he's on um, just now. I mean, I know he's got he's in double figures now, but I mean, he'd definitely be pushing the twenty goal mark with the chances that Leeds create. Um, but like massive three points for Leeds again. Never in doubt for them going down. Regardless, um, I think probably that fourteenth to sixteenth probably their their bracket overall. I, no, no, they're higher up than that. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe twelve. Um, I just it'll be, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they go. I I wouldn't be surprised if they finished above Arsenal. You know, purely because of the the way that both teams play. I know Leeds. Leeds I'm trying to play. Leeds Leeds here, and you're saying things like that. <laughs> that's like the the. Uh, because of the style that Leeds play, they leave themselves open at the back, but they they offer so much going forward that they they give themselves more chances to win games, a lot more than than someone yeah. like an Arsenal would. So that's why I, I could see them finishing above them. I mean, yeah, Leeds are tenth, have played twenty two, won ten, lost ten, goal difference zero. beautifully symmetrical. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean that really sums Leeds up, doesn't it? Won ten, lost ten. You just you just wish they had fans to see this, don't they? They're playing the dramatic. Obviously, it's just end to end. They they just wish their fans were there to see. Um, first year back in the Premier, and they're missing out on all these like 
basketball games. Well, <laughs> you've got to think that, well, as you say, this, that they will be in next season as well. So, yeah, um, hopefully we'll have fans in to see them playing a similar style of football. I'm sure Bielsa will stay for another year. Um, and they should be happy. It should be it's an exciting time to be Leeds if they get they get a, you know some some centre halves who aren't broken. That will help. Um, <laughs> A little bit more depth in midfield because I think Phil's went off injured again tonight, and last time that happened, yeah. they, they were atrocious against Brighton. I think it was. Um, you know, they don't need major surgery. They just need a couple of players here and there for what they want to be. They could, they could push top half this season, probably next season as well. There's no reason yeah, why not. That's yeah, that's fair. Well, that that brings us to the end of our of our weekend. Uh, Simon, let the listeners know where they can find you. Uh, on Twitter at Sayo Regan. And Dave, for yourself and anything that's upcoming at the moment? Uh, so on Twitter, I am at CM9798. Um, th- there is a Champman pod coming, it's just we're having a nightmare with <laughs> guests and Ross and trying to find time for us all to get together and record. So it, it's partly there, we're just uh, struggling at the minute. Yeah, and you can find us at Man and the Post on all your social media platforms. Um, give us a five star rating and review on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, Chris and the gang will be back on Thursday. Um, as Dave says, our Chapman pod will be coming soon. The Football Manager pod, I believe, is this week. Um, I get confused because that's every two weeks, so I'm trying to work out when's when. Um, I actually have a couple of guests lined up for 11 pieces of me, so you should have a few of those in your ears within the next few weeks um, but like, don't don't hold your breath on the last one um, again as Dave says try to get guests and everybody all together it can be an absolute nightmare um, but thanks very much for joining me chaps thank you thanks Ali and we'll see you next week and always remember to keep your man in the post <laughs>